Wrath of the Golden Ninja by Randall Sanborn Fields Part 1 Chapter 1 During the Warring States period, there were the five nations that represented the five elements of all things. Fire, Earth, Wood, Metal, and Water. For centuries, they were at constant war with each other. Until the Metal Nation came out victorious. Emperor Zheng, a tall, stately, young Chinese adolescent boy of the Metal Nation, was a good ruler and for a time united all five nations, thus bringing together the elements, the ebb and flow of the world, wearing cohesion. Balance restored. The people lived in harmony. Until Dishin's throne room, Fire Nation. Warlord Dishin, a strong, rugged-looking Chinese man, dressed in his time, is sitting behind a huge concrete desk high atop a platform. Da Ji, a Chinese woman in her 40s, tall, extremely long, black, lustrous, shiny hair, his cunning advisor, is standing beside where he is sitting. A messenger approaches, kneels down, and says, My lord, Emperor Zheng has begun the construction of the Great Wall. A great what? A wall, my lord, a great wall. This will be the empire's new military line of defense. He has recruited one million laborers to erect the structure. It is a feat of marvelous... Di Shen responds in a jealous, furious anger. You dare to give praise to Fire Nation's mortal enemy in front of your lord? Knowing how much disdain I have for his ineffectiveness? P please forgive my stupidity. My words came out before thinking. The emperor has stated that this is the only way to defend ourselves from the northern nomadic tribes. He should be attacking those who oppose us, not running away from them. The fool. What good is this alliance of the nations if we have a leader that refuses to engage the enemy? Daji calmly walks forward towards the messenger and cups his frightened face. You are absolutely right, my lord, my god. Why should the great fire nation hide from these barbaric tribes? Aren't we the greatest of all? Why should we suppress our strength for the appeasement of less powerful foes? The messenger is extremely frightened as Daji's delicate hands turn into monstrous claws. Please, Madam Daji, I, I didn't mean to. I know you didn't. 
Daji's scaly claws crushes the messenger's jawbone as he collapses to the ground in a heaping mess. What good is this alliance if our enemies have no reason to fear? Call a meeting of the council. Palace Round Table Special Council Seats There are five seats of the five leaders of the five nations seated at a round table. Earth, Warlord Wei. Wood, Warlord Zhao. Water, Warlord Chu. And Fire, Warlord Di Xin. But Emperor Zheng of the Metal Nation seat is empty. Da Ji is standing behind Di Xin as he rises to address the three other nations. Da Ji interjects. You see, my lord, my god, you see how the emperor ignores his duties. We sit here to discuss important matters of this state. But look how he mocks us. Di Xin looks different now more lifeless, as if something is sucking the lifeblood from him. He's thinner, and his skin are blotches of gray. Di Shin says, Indeed, Daji, this is how a leader operates. How will the great fire nation rise as a prominent people when the head of the snake is weak and pays little attention to his duties? Chu, 40s, Asian, feminine-like, portly, with a long beard and bushy eyebrows, of the water nation responds. You don't look too good, Di Xin. You said... The Fire Nation. Don't you mean the Empire? I for one think that the Emperor building a wall to protect the nation from invasion is a brilliant idea. Of course you do. You water weaklings have always opposed us. If it wasn't for this peace pact, I would have pilfered your people long ago. My great fire dragons laid waste to your land until Jung interfered. You had best to watch your tongue before I quench that thirst you are so desperately seeking, Di Shin. Chu rises from the table to oppose Di Shin. Da Ji restlessly approaches. They stare at each other intensely with the round table between them. Warlord Wei, Earth, Thin, 70s, with long white hair of the Earth Nation, says, I agree. Both Di Xin and Chu pause as their attention turns to Wei. There is a long pause. Wei says, Why do we come to these meetings? They are pointless. We should be waging wars and expanding the empire, not containing it. Chu responds. Di Shin, 
This is the time of peace. The people are as happy as ever. Warlord Zhao, quiet, young, handsome, calculating of the wood nation says, who cares how the people feel? The wood nation seeks conquest, not peace. Conquest is not achieved through talking. The pig squeals and squeals, but that does not stop the butcher from bringing the axe down upon its head. Chew of water says, Jiao, Di Shen. So you will waste 30 years of peace and prosperity between our states for blood and conquest? I was there before the pact when Di Shen's fire dragons laid waste to my people. I lost a daughter. Daiji interjects. And you will lose a lot more if you do not help us overthrow the despot. Di Shen chimes in. It doesn't matter, Daiji. With the secret weapon you have conjured up, we do not need the Water Nation. Old Mija will decimate metal. And water. Choose this. Oh, me, Ja? Yes. The ultimate dragon spirit. That will solidify the reign of wood and earth nations. With our new emperor. Di Shin. Of the fire nation. At the helm. Omija is the ultimate weapon. We need more blood sacrifices, my lord. Wei and Zhao stand up. Wei of Earth says, The Earth Nation supports the new Emperor Di Shen of the Fire Nation. Zhao of Wood says, The Wood Nation supports the new Emperor Di Shen of the Fire Nation. Chew of water says, This is treason. Chu liquefies into water and makes his escape from the council. <laughs> Di Shen says, Yes, run, little piggy. Run and tell your master and be ready. Hey, guys. This is Randall Sanborn Fields, the writer and director, narrator of Wrath of the Golden Ninja, season two of American Nightmare. Um, so, yeah, this is chapter one. And I'm thinking of just putting out one every week because I want a uh, better quality. So I'm trying to get that perfect sound. So, um, and I need some sound effects and music and all these things, all the bells and whistles. So I'm going to try to do that. So I probably will be, um, releasing one episode a week, unless, um, one episode doesn't take that much work to do. Cause you'll have some episodes where you don't need a lot of sound effects where it's just dialogue. So... Um, if it's like that, maybe, I, you know, I would do two, but most likely it will be one episode a week. 
and I'm going to try to make them at least seven minutes okay at least seven minutes I would say like five pa pages each so it's probably going to be somewhere around a 10 minute mark I know uh, season one some of them out they were like five minutes and six minutes and you know four, even one was like four minutes and but I was pu pushing them out like three times a week so this one time a week is the, the quality will be better so um, I hope that you can give me some interviews or some interviews, some reviews. I, I, I shoot, I also would like an interview somewhere. Somebody give me an interview, man. Anyway, um, reviews are cool, you know. So of course, you know, reviews are cool. So um, there's been a new character that's being introduced, and uh, her name is Da G. And uh, Daji is basically um, a figure or a, a, a mythical creature that is very prominent in Japanese and Chinese folklore. Okay, uh, it can be a good spirit or a bad spirit. I don't want to delve too much into it, but uh, she's a nine-tailed basically uh, fox spirit and she can be very good or she can be very evil depending on how you treat her uh, so she is going to be the main antagonist of this season and I've done a lot of research so it's, it's going it's coming out very well um, yeah it's basically done so so the script is done I told you uh, I'm not going to begin until like I get into at least uh, uh, 70 pages in, but I'm already just about done. Okay. So anyway, um, Daji is basically kind of like, uh, if you want to compare, it's like the succubus, you know, of that, or the succubus. So basically it's, it's kind of like this. Um, or a wiring, you know, those birdie dragons or something like this. And uh, what else can I compare her to? There's other things that you can compare her to. I just can't think right now because I just got up. But she's basically almost immortal, like almost indestructible. So I thought she would be a very good. Um, antagonist and in this season there's going to be a lot more action and um rolling flag is going to be the golden ninja much more now you know you had the origin of the golden ninja now in this one you will have the golden ninja doing what the golden ninja does you know and that's kick ass you know um so the theme of this whole series i would say would probably be like when I think when I did this this story when I wrote this story uh, I was thinking about like what happened in my life like origin of the golden ninja was like basically I took elements of my life and then I added like fantasy elements to it uh, which which made it like an easy write in some aspects but a difficult write in others because you have to make it more like realistic and 
putting in parts that are fantasy when in fact we live in a very real world where uh, um, people don't fly and we don't have magical abilities or stuff like that so it was kind of difficult to push these elements into it now now that he's established and you know that he has like kind of powers because the first one you, you know i know i i put them in just subtly you know it was like these subtle things and is it in his mind you know <laughs> you know what i mean is this all in his mind or is this real you know so i wanted to for the audience to question reality what's real and what's not uh, I kind of want to juxtaposition that reality um, with today's society of you have different organizations pushing their beliefs on you and your reality is defined by um the people that push their beliefs on you because you got to pick one it's really hard to have your own reality because you have all of these elements um adding their elements inside of it right and swaying your opinion and changing uh your reality they're telling you that a square is a circle and the other one is telling you a rectangle is a circle and you're just trying to find the truth right so when i wrote that that's what is kind of juxtapositioned as or in between or whatever <laughs> however you want to call it uh so that i mean when i was writing that that this is what i was thinking i also was thinking um how to make it believable i didn't want like i didn't want um white man syndrome i don't know what they call that like whitewashing or blackwashing where you got a black guy coming into asia and he's the hero so this is very difficult to to try to pull off to to have a a, a black person coming into a asian setting and becoming a hero now what i've done is is basically you combine the lore of uh, like Asian lore and Western lore. So Asian and Western mythology and you kind of mix them together. All right. But he just happens to be in China. And all of these, um, I guess, beliefs are shared around the world. They're all quite similar. You know, every, every, uh, basically nation has every country in the world should i say or every culture should i say has a good and evil every culture has a satan and a god they just name differently right so you know that was kind of difficult trying to have this man to be not a captain save an asian you know or a black dude 
and then you're like blackwashing or whatever whitewashing this thing so that was pretty difficult that has been a great challenge like um and and basically what i my remedy was to make the middle kingdom mythology just that and when i say just that i mean uh it's part of mainstream right why can a a, a chinese guy um be a hero in an american superhero film why can't he fight good and evil he's chinese right doesn't he have different kind of uh mythology or different kind of ideology than the country that he's in or the culture that he's in i think marvel does that a lot like um they they have these kind of um like heroes from from another culture you have uh this guy because you have they have several chinese um superheroes and enemies i think the mandarin is actually uh, Chinese right but he does interact with western superheroes right and he does have his like Chinese devils and Chinese uh, uh, gods right you also have Doctor Strange who you know a lot of that mysticism and stuff that's like Asian you know that comes from Asian ancient Asian culture uh, so he's dealing with another devil and another god, but he can interact with Thor, right? Who's dealing with North mythology, right? So uh, that this was uh, very challenging, you know, and it continues to be challenging because I have to, you know, I have to write the ending right now, which I don't have, but it continues to be challenging and you have to connect the world so you have to connect these cultures somehow so that what you're writing what I'm writing is relevant and that it makes sense in our minds as fantasy readers we can accept a lot of things a lot of myth mythicism and uh, a lot of mythologies superheroes and uh, you know special abilities and stuff but when it comes to race and identity these are some things that is that are hard to accept uh, for example I was reading in the news uh, today that um, Ariel from the Little Mermaid Traditionally, she's a redhead with, uh, she's a white girl, redhead, and she will be played by a black, uh, princess, or a black woman who's going to be a princess, I don't know, by a black woman, uh, whose name is Haley Bailey, and she's black, and there's been an uproar about that. Now, that's the thing, it's like, when you look at it, cultures involved right but when you look at it it's kind of crazy thinking like a lot of people got pissed off because Ariel's supposed to be white 
right? And you think to yourself, it's like, okay, you can accept a talking mermaid <laughs> who grows legs and marries her prince charming, but you can't accept uh, that Disney actually changed the color of the female. And, you know, th that argument, I can see that argument and I can see the argu other argument of keep the material true to the original. So, down to what the person looks like. And I can understand that. Right? So, this is what I mean by people can accept supernatural abilities and all these other things. But when it comes to identity, it's hard for them to accept. You know? And it's really crazy. I mean, that's how kind of divided we are. Now, if you flipped it and you had the frog princess. You remember the frog princess was a black woman. And they made her white. Of course, many people would be angry. So I can understand like people being uh, not happy that she's black. Me, uh, I love the Little Mermaid. Uh, I wouldn't care, you know. For me, it's just like okay, she's you know I I I would like them to keep it to original. But if they don't, I don't care. I'll still go and watch it. You know, it's not such a it's not such a big deal as long as the movie is good. Right? Um, and that movie was made at a time where you had no black princesses. Right? You had no black princesses. And if you did have a black character, we were personified. Right? We're used as personification, and that's like the Transformers, the two cars. You remember they they have the black vernacular. You have the uh, the crab, eh, man, your bumblecloud, man. You know the the stereotypical Caribbean. <laughs> you know, so he, he's a crab. And then which one? What else did you have? You had the Lion King, where you're in Africa. Um, and they actually. Instead of having real people, there were animals because they, I guess they thought that the world cannot accept black characters um, being human, you know? We, we had to be animals, right? And The Lion King remains probably the number one best-selling Disney uh, feature film of all time, Right? So, you know, when, when you write, you got to keep the, when I write, I keep these things uh, into consideration. Like, they're always in my mind. Like, what do people accept? What don't they accept? Um, what can I push? What boundary, what boundaries can I push to make it better, you know, um, to try to change the world? And my thing is, like, I don't necessarily stick with any of the arguments like when people say why is it um ariel's black that's cool you know for me i'm just like yo or spider-man morales he's now he's a black dude you know um i'm just like yo don't recreate the characters make a, a whole new character make a whole new character Right now, they got something called the Mighty Python. You you go look it up. It's P I think it's P I T O N. 
it's called the great mighty python it's on youtube look it up a black girl from the caribbean has like a mech so she's like in this mech and it's like a demo right now but it's one of the greatest it's and it's going to be turned into an anime so it's so great and this is what i'm looking at and i'm like yo create your own superheroes you have the material this vast materials out here take a dash from that take a dash from that and create something create something interesting you have it you don't have to re keep rehashing something and then turn it black that's something like you know i mean i still watch these movies but i can understand the argument and actually the argument makes me terribly frustrated because you have a lot of talented people out there that want a chance to for black people to be represented you know and this is to me it's kind of not the best way to go about it they take established established icons that were once white and then they change it you know so um my thing is create your own character and this is the hardest time that i'm having because it's you know it's like a a, a rock band that does covers for uh you know for other of other musician songs because they need themselves to get famous but you know it's been doing that for years like blacks are just basically underrepresented in um media right and i want to change that it's kind of hard because you you don't have the support that you should you just don't you do not you do not have the support i mean either it's be from black people you don't have the support uh i'm just finding that it's very hard to gain support from um other black people and in order for you to succeed you must gain the support of other black people if you want to make a black superhero if you want it to be successful you must have that support right and what was the last one the last one was like a like black panther you know um yeah but we need something that's created by by black folks directed by uh, uh it could be directed by anybody but at least the character should be created by a black person you know uh you know i, I don't want to separate you know separate but equal but i think that we need to be properly represented and we're not, and that's not the total fault of white folks. That's like a big majority of that responsibility uh, is to black people that do not support um, the artists in their community, basically. Yeah. And that's like this something as simple as promoting something like, oh, yo, this is really cool. You should watch this. Like something as cool as that. It doesn't always have to be monetary. But just a pat on the back, you know, <laughs> or giving your treatment to somebody and letting them look at it and say, yo, this guy is the next big thing, whatever. So I'm just having a, a hard time doing that, like finding people that uh, that will accept my work. And I'm already in my 40s, so I don't got a lot of time left, you know. Anyway. So this is Randall Sanborn Fields. I hope you enjoyed the show and see you next week. Zai Jen.